Some people seem to move almost effortlessly from planning into action, but appearances can be deceiving. It all comes down to having a process that works for you. I'm your host, M. David Green. Hack the Process is a show about looking at the systems and processes that we build our lives around to support mindful, meaningful progress. This show explores ways that people get past that pivot point, from having a fantasy to putting something real out there into the world. If you're ready to stop planning and fantasizing and start taking action, let's hack the process together. Welcome to Season 2 of Hack the Process. This is Episode 15, and our guest for this episode is Alex Cespedes, who hosts Wits About You, a topic-driven podcast for freelancers in their 20s and 30s about the soft skills in life that their parents and teachers may not have warned them they'd need in order to succeed. But the advice that Alex shares is applicable to anyone facing the confusion and uncertainty of making their way in the current economy. Alex tells us about how the idea for his show's distinctively clean and crisp radio-like format was inspired by his own struggle to embrace, rather than overcome, one of his personal challenges. He'll also tell us how he made his show appealing enough that sponsors started reaching out to him, and how he built and built upon his personal network to attract guests like marketing guru Seth Godin. Today we're talking to Alex Cespedes, and uh, he's a podcaster with a really interesting show called Wits About You. And uh, Alex, I was hoping you could tell our listeners a little bit about Wits About You. Hey, well, first of all, David, thank you for having me on your show. Really glad to be here. A little bit about my podcast. Uh, so I love to speak and I love to get out in front of audiences and, and share what I know, the little bit that I know. Uh, but uh, I want to at some point in my life write a book. I think a lot of us feel like we have a novel inside of us, a book we want to write, you know, a, a nonfiction book, something inspirational. And I'm no different. Um, I want to at some point uh, share what I've learned throughout, you know, my years uh, with uh, with people out there. Um, and I, I've started and stopped like 10, 12 times writing a book and, you know, I have an idea and then it doesn't work. And I'm sure it's a lot of something that a lot of people uh, go through. But I realized I needed to to get material for the book and, and speak to people who are smarter than I am and have more experience. So I said, hey, uh, I need to get in touch with with people who have accomplished things much greater than I have and learn from them. And that's what's about you. It's a podcast on the soft skills that, that we need in life that I feel most of the time gets get us farther than the actual technical skills that we pick up in our uh, in our traditional education. So I focus on different topic every week, um, whether it be asking for favors or, you know, how to get in a sales mindset or how to set yourself up time wise for to be a freelancer and all those uh, all those interesting topics. And I make it into a nice little package for you. And I think people are enjoying it so far. I know I am. I, lo I love the way that you uh, you put the, together the show so so cleanly. It's a, it's a great listen. It's usually short and very focused, and it looks like you put a lot of work into the editing and the narration. Yes, a lot, a lot, and uh, a lot of the the people that I follow and that I look up to, you know, say it's it's all in the edit, right? Um, the the content a lot of people have, but you got to keep them engaged, and and that was my first priority with doing this. Let's make it short. Uh, let's make it as short as ha as it has to be, keeping the integrity of it and keeping the content uh, very relevant and and fresh and informational. Um, and keep it engaging. And, and that's what I do. I spend most of the time on the uh, the researching the topic and then the editing on it. And and I think it's uh, it's going well so far. You made an interesting choice when you started your show. You uh, A lot of podcasts 
uh, do an interview format, much like this show is doing an interview format, where there's a back and forth between the person who's uh, hosting the show and the person who's a guest on the show. And you structure your show more like uh, a radio show, like a like a uh, with a narration, with a narrator who's introducing topics and leading people through. I'm curious how you came to that. Uh, yeah, well, first of all, uh, I'm a big believer. Uh, I love this quote by Marcus Aurelius: "The obstacles of the way," uh, and uh, what it is, you you embrace your limitations and you embrace the uh, the problems that life gives you. And the first limitation I thought I was encountering is, you know, I'm still learning how to interview. I, I'll be honest with you, I'm not an an A grade interviewer yet, uh, and that might make for a boring back and forth, you know, full front to back interview. Um, so I said, hey, I'm embracing the limitations that I have. I will get better, but in the meantime. Uh, maybe this is my obstacle. Maybe this obstacle is the way for me to do something different. And it was that. It's uh, I cut out my parts because they might not be, you know, super sharp yet. And then I I make sure that I give it a lot of thought in the back end and edit that back in with a narration type style of it. And and it's worked. And uh, to be clear, I do enjoy the top to back interviews, the full length interviews, sort of like your show. I very much enjoy it. Uh, but Again, it's for me right now, it's not a fit for what I want to do um, and not not fit for my abilities right now. So I use that to my advantage. And I do enjoy like a lot of these uh, top to bottom. Show. I, I love the Nerdist. I love Tim Ferriss show. I love Hack the Process, this show. So uh, there is definitely a space for that. I'm just trying to occupy a different space. You're you're occupying it very well. You're you're doing a really interesting thing, and I think that people are are resonating with it. You uh, your show has gone pretty quickly uh, to the the top lists on uh, on iTunes as well. Yeah, yeah, man, I'm I'm excited. Uh, I've been you know consistently up and down, uh, in and out of the top ten for the careers subcategory in iTunes, um, which is uh, one of my main goals when I started this process. And I, you know, new and noteworthy. I was number one there for a little bit. I, I'm not, no longer new, uh, but yeah, the podcast has been doing really well. And uh, just, you know, picked up a sponsor. FreshBooks is now one of our sponsors as well, um, and they're generous enough to uh, support us and to let me work with their software. And it's been something really good for for my business so far. So I'm very excited about what the podcast is going to go. That's that's awesome, and it doesn't sound like something that that happens by accident. I am curious um, how you how you staged your uh, your launch and how you structured this uh, this show so that you could have that kind of success. The f- the first thing is definitely think about what you're going to do, but don't overthink it. I spent maybe over a month and change just thinking about what the process was going to be without really putting any action behind it. Uh, and that delayed me. That was just a, a horrible uh, month. And what I had in the beginning did not translate into what I ended up doing because until you start the work, you don't know what really works and what doesn't. Um, and I don't mean you know just publish, uh, you know, do something today and publish it tomorrow. It's not that. You obviously need preparation, but the preparation is the work. And I would say start the work as soon as possible. And the work is that it's the research, it's the you know testing yourself out and trying little tidbits and sending it out to friends, uh, and that's what I was doing. You know, recording little tidbits or little uh, topics for the show, and then sending it out to friends. Hey, does this sound like a topic you'd like to listen to? Uh yeah, it's a little dry. Or I'd rather you know learn about this. Uh, so I was kind of testing my target market 
before launching and testing some of my topics without actually uh, interviewing someone yet. Um, so that when I was ready to interview someone, I knew what the main points that my, the demographic I wanted to hit was interested in. And another thing that I did was um, just not live in a bubble. You know, I've a lot of the, the drawbacks that I've had to what I've done before is I've wanted to just go into my basement and and live in a bubble and and create this amazing thing. And that can work. But when you're constantly testing outside, that makes it that much more effective. And you're, you can course correct a lot easier when you're getting constant feedback. And that's one of the main things I've changed in my approach is just constant feedback works and helps. Uh, so I always look to get constant feedback and, and learn what's working and what isn't. And, and telling people, hey, uh, I'm going to be starting this podcast, testing my pitch on them. You know, uh, the, it's on this, it's on soft skills. It's on the career skills that we didn't learn in college or in high school or that our parents didn't really warn us about. Um, and people are like, hey, that's that's kind of interesting. You know, tell me more about it. And I say, OK, now I'm, I'm going somewhere um, and then telling people, hey, I am, you know, I'm launching, you know, I'm launching next week. You know, in, in January, I'm going to be doing having my podcast out there, my first show. So people are already uh, looking forward to it. Um, some it, it's the uh, what I call the spectacle. You know, some were, were expecting me to crash and burn. So they were still tuning in and some were really rooting and cheering for me. But either way, you have to involve people in what you're doing, uh, because if you're looking to help, obviously you need others and you can't get there alone. I like that you you're not intimidated to include in that circle of people you uh, you share things with people who might be looking for you to crash and burn. I'm curious how you uh, how you define the audience that you're targeting. A lot of what I do is, you know, what I listen to it. You know, um, I'm my target audience is, you know, the recent college grads. So let's say 22, 23 years old up until about, you know, early 30s. So that there's that 10 year uh, gap there. Uh, those are the people who I think, you know, are usually the most lost in life because I know I was and I still am finding my way. Um, and those are the people who just finished this four-year education or maybe the six years they got their master's or, or whatever. And those are the people who've been focusing on book skills, on what colleges teach you, you know, what America wants you to do as soon as you get out of college, how to find a job the traditional way. And they're just inundated with all these uh, methods and ideas of, of traditional schooling that they get out there in the real world. And hey, uh, it's a whole different ball game out there. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Uh, so that's what I did. I know a lot of, you know, people, I still keep in touch with a lot of my networks from college. Um, so that's what I did. Find recent college grads. A lot of my friends are, you know, they've been out in the workforce four or five years, but they still need some guidance. Um, so I did that. I approached the people that I know and, and the, they were the ones who, who gave me the feedback I needed. So how did you, uh, how, how do you find your, uh, your guests? Because it seems like you've, uh, you've got a rather eclectic group of experts that you talk to. Yeah, uh, I, I first of all mind my networks for for people who are interesting who are out there doing things. Um, I'm very active on LinkedIn, and anytime you know I, I find an author or I find uh, someone who's just doing something really cool out there, I try to find them on LinkedIn. Um, a lot of them are out there, and and add them on my network or tell them, hey, I admire your work. Can we can we be connected? I want to follow you. And everyone's usually pretty gracious. Um, and so I had been building up a very solid LinkedIn network for myself uh, for the past, you know, four or five years. 
And when it was time to launch, that's the first place I, I went to. You know, I, I went to and I had a lot of entrepreneurs on there, a lot of authors, uh, freelancers, which are also a big target demographic for me. Uh, I, I knew a lot of those people on LinkedIn already. Um, so it, it was just a matter of of seeing going through their their resume and seeing what I thought they the, their career story was. And if it fit with mine, you were getting an email, you know, hey, I uh, love what you did. I would love to know how you got into freelancing or I love to know how you got the uh, the business idea to to launch your first uh, business, your first tech startup. And people are are willing to share what they're what they're into. Um, so that was kind of like the first plan of attack, LinkedIn and social networks and Twitter. And then it was uh, the the second degree factor. So uh, I know a couple of people who are authors were in uh, groups together. So I reached out to them, hey, I'm starting this podcast on this. If you have anyone you know that might be a good guest, let me know. Uh, shoot them over to me and, and I'll, I'll reach out and I'll see if they're a fit. And and people love to help. Once you've been helping other people, when when it's your turn to to accept some help, people will be more than willing to help. I think that's excellent advice. And people forget that it's uh, that networks do work both ways. And it's not there's nothing shameful about asking for help when it's your turn. Uh, definitely not. And and I think honestly, that is the one of the main things I'm going to be diving into in my podcast. And I think a lot of us need to realize is accepting help. Uh, it always was a major roadblock for me. Um, I, I'm willing to help other people and I love to help other people. But then when it's it's your turn, I feel like you're you're in that state of giving so much that you think, well, am I am I worthy of receiving this help? Um, am I, you know, am I gonna mess this up? Uh oh, I'm gonna make someone look bad if I accept their favor or if I accept an introduction. Uh, but no, it's a major roadblock we need to get out of uh, because if you've been putting stuff out into the world, the world will pay you back and and you have all these favors accumulated start accepting them and and give others the joy of helping you i know it sounds a little egotistical uh but i've noticed and, and i've started seeing that sometimes i've been someone opens the door for me you know I, i'm so taken aback by their kindness that i i think there's you know there's something else coming like why are they opening the door door for me you know is, is this uh are they going to ask me for something now? Like we're always expecting that that other that ask that's coming that we don't fully appreciate and embrace the fact that people want to help and people want to feel useful. People do want to, and they, they, it helps them feel like they're a part of the process as well. So I wanted to ask you, uh, you you've uh, you have a background in speaking, and I know I've, I've seen you. You have a TEDx talk out there. What attracted you to the medium of podcasting after doing like face to face presentations and event planning? There's something about audio uh, and and a guy that I follow a lot, his name is Bob Lefsetz. He's in, he's in the music industry, but he writes a lot about music and, and the whole industry. Uh, he says, all, when you're watching a video, you can't move, right? You're there, you're, you're fixated on it, you're on YouTube, you, you look away and you miss something. But audio is one of those mediums where it just adds to whatever you're doing. So if you're working out, music will help you get in the zone, right? You don't need to stop what you're doing. If you're driving, you can listen to a very engaging podcast or a very engaging story that someone's telling you without crashing your car, hopefully. And I love that. I love the, the fact that I can uh, clean my house on Saturdays and listen to three or four podcasts in a row and still clean effectively and still listen effectively. And I thought for me, 
what I was getting into and a lot of the more braining topics that you and I speak about are, are better, are not something you're going to want to sit there for an hour and, and listen to a video on, uh, but you can sit there for an hour and listen to someone speak about tips on how to improve communication, how to hack your own process while you're still cleaning your house. Very nicely put. Um, it, it's true. I, one of the things that I, I love about audio, and it, it resonates with what you're talking about, it's, there's, a, there's a sense of intimacy to it because it just it curls up inside of your ear and it's, it's a private thing that you're having there while you're doing something else and you can take it with you wherever you go. Yeah, man. And there's a, there's, there's a certain level of honesty of just listening to someone's voice. If you're looking at someone or if you're watching a video, your, your senses are way too titillated to the point where you might not notice some of the nuances of what this person is really feeling and are do they mean what they're saying right now or you can read better in between the lines through audio i think which is why audio is my my favorite medium right now so uh, tell me a little bit about uh, how you structure your your process for doing your own podcast because you've got a, a sort of a complex arrangement there where you're creating interviews with multiple people and you're doing narration what what does what is the structure for putting together an episode of your podcast it all starts obviously with the with the topics what do i want to cover and you know i have i sit down for you know every couple of weeks i sit down for about an hour or two and i nail down you know what are what are the topics i want to speak about uh and then i go back and see what what are what is interesting about them? Is this something people will want to learn about? Is this something that's needed? Um, and then I dwindle that down to about half of that. So I eliminate, you know, the half that's crap. And then I start going through my networks and, and Googling and on the internet and seeing, you know, who are the people, the experts speaking on these topics on, you know, freelancing, on communication skills, on how to ask for favors, on sales mindset. Who are the people, the thought leaders here? And then I start reaching out um, and then hopefully, you know, you give yourself a couple options, uh, one, two, three options for who the, the guest is going to be at that point. Um, once the you know interviews are set, I try to do a good three or four interviews per week. Uh, not all on the same topics. I have three or four uh, episodes in different phases of completion. So I'm working on multiple ones at the time. And then um, so three or four interviews per week. Um, and then usually, you know, I do one one week and then next week, if I decide to work on that, uh, that's when I start the whole editing process. And I listen, I go back and I transcribe everything, not word by word, but at minute three, this is something interesting that the person said. This is how they said it. And be, by the time you get to the end of it, you start seeing common themes and topics and where what their story really is within the topic you've chosen. And sometimes they give you what you what you want or, or something that's really good. But sometimes the conversation goes in a completely different direction and you have to flow with that. If you really think it's an engaging interview, you flow with that. And sometimes the, the, the topic is a little bit different from what you envisioned. Um, but then it's that whole editing process. Um, once I've gone through that and transcribed, I'm a big believer also. I love uh, Stephen Pressfield. He's one of my favorite authors. Um, he's typically a novel writer. He start, started writing novels, but he's done a lot of nonfiction stuff. And he wrote The War of Art, which is one of my favorite books. And one of the methods he teaches is called foolscapping. And that's simple. It's outlining something in a three-act format. 
Uh, and then on the right side of the page, uh, you'll write, you know, what the theme is. You know, usually he'll say, you know, for a story, what the climax is. But for me is, you know, what is the strong point that I'm leaving with them at the end? Um, and then, you know, you'll analyze points of view, et cetera. So once I full scap that, set it up, three act kind of story structure, then I'm ready to dive in and start writing. Um, and then I'll start uh, looking for stories that are relevant to this, that I, may, I may, can maybe put in there in between certain answers. And then, uh, then I start editing. Uh, and then editing is a big part of the, the, the process. And that'll take me, you know, a good four or five hours, four hours probably to edit one of the uh, a 45 minute interview and cut out the main uh, nuggets of wisdom. And then I'll go back and it'll take me another maybe two hours of me recording my narration over it once I've written it. So it's that interview. Uh, then you see what the main points are, what are engaging. Then you fool's cap it in a, in a three-act structure of what your point of view is going to be on it. Then you go and you edit out the sound bites that you're going to keep throughout the rest. Write your narration, which is going to take you, you know, an hour, hour and a half, and then record it. That's uh, that's my process. <laughs> that is very involved, and uh, and you uh, are you releasing on a on a regular basis at this point, or like is there a specific schedule to your uh, podcast? Yes, uh, weekly, weekly, every Wednesday. So um, when you think about, I'm working on multiple episodes per week. Yeah, that that is a considerable amount of of work, um, and um, I want to continue this. I want to keep going at this. I might be looking for some help soon. Uh, but for right now, I'm a one-person show, and and I want to learn every single aspect of the podcasting process. I think doing it as a one-person show gives you the opportunity to really know the ins and outs of every every aspect of the show. That way, when you bring on some help, you'll be able to tell them piece by piece, step by step, this is exactly what I need done and exactly how I need it done. Yeah, man. Oh, from from my from my management experience, one thing I've learned is if you're hoping to lead others. Others know when you're asking them to do something that you wouldn't do yourself. <laughs> so uh, I actually, I was, uh, at one point, I was actually a general manager of a, a gym, a, a franchise of gyms, but one specific location. And, you know, I, I could always feel confident and I always felt good about, you know, asking or, or directing someone to, to do something because I know I have done it too. If I would say, hey, do you mind cleaning up the floor, you know, in the stretching area, they would understand that I've cleaned the floor myself in the stretching area many times before. I've done it in front of them. They see me. So if I have asked them for that help, they're not hesitant because they know that's something that Alex would have done uh, at any point if he had the time. And when you create that culture of I might be leading right now, but I have also been a follower and I'm a, I am a follower when I need to be, people listen and people will want to help you out that's brilliant and I, as as a student of the science of management myself i think it sounds like you've really hit on uh, an aspect of it that a lot of people miss that sense of empathy that you need with your employees and that they need with you yeah man it, it's never uh with a team it's it's never a, i'm up here and you're down there we're all in this together it's just that maybe my strength is strategizing which is why i might be the manager but when a floor needs to be cleaned, uh, I'll clean it if, if I have the time to do it, you know, and and that's that that's that it's that empathy. It's no one is too good to do anything else.
So is uh, is the podcast that you're working on, is that what you're doing full-time these days? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm still actually working within marketing. I'm still a marketing consultant in, in events, and I do that just on a project-by-project basis. So I am freelancing right now, um, and that'll, you know, for the most part, it'll end up being good, you know, 25 to 30 hours a week of my freelancing and then podcasting will take up another you know 25 to 30 also so i'm doing a 60 hour you know job but it's just two different jobs so you you are your own target demographic as well correct man correct i i want to learn what i should have learned five six years ago that's what i want to teach that's uh, actually one of the things i was going to ask you if you were looking back at your career uh, from five or six years ago, are there things that you would what 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 is the list of points that you would want to tell yourself? Uh, number one, be easy on yourself. Uh, we're we want the early success, and and we feel that right out of college we have to make you know partner at the law firm or be the top junior stockbroker at Goldman Sachs or whatever it might be, and. And no, it, it doesn't happen like that. You'll hear the one time or the two successes when it happened to that one person, uh, but that person has been putting in work since they were 10. Maybe they were the, the sons of, a, of an economist or a stockbroker, and they've been listening to their father talk to them you know, every Saturday and Sunday about uh, the business, and they have connections. Um, and respect your process, right? Hack the process. But at the same time, realize that it, it is a process and be easy on yourself. You're not going to be uh, 100% great at it the first day, no matter what. I love what Alex Bloomberg says. He says, the only way to be good at something is to first be bad at it. So uh, I am respecting the process that no matter what I start up, whether it's with this podcast or whether it's working out or whether it's any other thing that I'm picking up, in order to get good at it, I have to accept the fact that I will be not too good in the beginning. That's uh, that's what it, one of the things that attracts us to these uh, to these things is the fact that we recognize there there is quality there, and the fact that we can't make that quality doesn't mean that we don't appreciate that quality, and we can't see the direction that we're moving in. Correct, and and that's actually what Ira Glass says. He says, in the beginning, you get into podcasting or or, or any type of creation. Because you you have good taste, right? You understand what a good podcast is. You you hear one, you automatically get it. But producing that or what you it's gonna it's a whole nother gap you need to bridge. And it's tough to have great taste and poor skills in the beginning. But if you are one of the few who can persevere through that, you'll eventually get to make the quality that you appreciate. So I'm curious if you have any uh, any role models that you've uh, you've modeled yourself after as you got started with this? Um, well, in terms of podcasting, I, I am a big fan of Alex Bloomberg and, and what he does in Gimlet Media. I think they produce things that are very engaging and fun and funny, uh, but there's always an educational backbone to it. Um, so I am a big fan of, of them. Uh, I love Ira Glass as well. Obviously, This American Life is the, the format. They are the... Uh, the pioneers of storytelling in podcasts and radio. So I'm a big fu fu fan of them. And then I just, I love in terms of just producing content and teaching, I love Seth Godin and, and what he does and the fact that he ships projects often and, and that he teaches 
and that he's not afraid to to go out there maybe when something is less than perfect um but he, he has a great respect for quality and and i actually recently got to interview him and totally blew my mind away and so i'm really excited for that that podcast episode when it when i launch it oh i'm looking forward to that one too i'm a big seth godin fan myself I, i'm curious actually how you how you do approach seth godin because he, he's a huge name out there and uh, there, you know, it must be very difficult to to land somebody like that as a guest on your show uh yeah yeah uh it's that's something that took definitely a, a little bit of of trading up <laughs> a little bit of you know you stumble upon someone and you know out of just pure benevolent you help them and then you find that they help you and they help make an introduction and it wasn't a something that i specifically planned for uh but it happened that you know one degree led to another degree hey i know this person and i interviewed one person and they were one degree away from seth godin and they say hey i really like what you're doing i think you're putting a lot of work into it and because they saw the work behind it they say hey uh, no guarantees, but I'll make an introduction, and uh, and he might he might be willing to help for a little bit, and luckily he did. Uh, but that's one of those where it starts with giving, and you give, 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 and give, and then somehow the other uh, stars align for you as they did for me. I like that, and it seems to be a running theme in the way that you're doing your business. Yeah, definitely, man. It's it's all giving, right? When when you, David, you put hours and hours into the, your podcast as well every week, you know. We start this and we're not getting paid in the beginning. This is all a leap of faith. And we're giving hours of ourselves to an audience. Uh, once later on on the road, people start to realize it. And it all starts with giving. Then then you start receiving afterwards. Yeah, and the universe does give back. In fact, I noticed that you recently, uh, you, you landed a sponsor for your show. Yes. Uh, FreshBooks is uh, one of our sponsors. They... They found us because they thought the topics that we were speaking about were very relevant to their market. And I personally, as a small, you know, as a consultant and freelancer, I was struggling myself with how to manage my financials. And I had been looking into their, their tool for a little bit. And then uh, I had signed up for a free trial a few weeks back. And they just so happened to reach out to me like, hey, we, we like your podcast and what you're doing. We, we'd love to talk about a partnership. And I said, stars, thank you. You've aligned for me. Uh, and it, it, it was a great fit for what I do. And I used the, the software myself. And it's, uh, it's, it's been a partnership made in heaven so far. They're very supportive of what we do. And they got to get out of the way. And, and they know that I know my listeners. Um, and so far, we're, uh, we're doing quite well. It's wonderful that they reached out to you. Had you been planning on reaching out to sponsors at some point? Yes, uh, but it was a more, I was looking at it down the, the line more. My first uh, preoccupation is making great content. And that's always what it's going to be. It all starts with the content. Um, but I did have a plan a few months down the line to start building those connections. Um, but when you make great content, people start finding it. And um, that same week, you know, with the charts happening and, and, you know, FreshBooks reaching out to me, all of a sudden, a couple other advertising networks reached out like, hey, we have other people who are interested in getting on your show. Are you interested to talking? And um, I put that on pause a little bit right now. FreshBooks, uh, we have a great partnership. But down the line, obviously, I, I'd love to uh, check that out and see if, if other sponsors might be a fit as well. And, and by the way, I don't 
I don't want to say that reaching out to sponsors and reaching out to what you want is a bad idea. It's a great idea. But if they come to you first, then you know that you're on the right track anyways. Um, and I do plan on reaching out to other people and build strong partnerships with other people down the line. It just so happened this is one of those things like where stars aligning. It kind of leads into my question of what what motivates you to keep on moving forward. It's the fun of it, the fun of it. Uh, as much work as as I put into it, I enjoy every second of it. Or, you know, I, I look forward to what I can create. And just because I fell in love with this medium of podcasting, I I thrive on it. And, and, and it's that. It's the fun, the adventure of what is down the line. You know, what can I learn? And that, that's really what motivates me is what can I learn? And then it's what can I teach? And then it's, you know, what, you know, what, what, what great people can I meet? And that's what motivates me to keep going. There are dark times and there are times when an episode isn't coming around the way you'd like it to. Uh, there are times when things don't work out or your website crashes or you just think your work is crap. But at that point is when you need to step back and, and put things into perspective and you know see everything you're getting from it. It's all a learning. It's all an obstacle and the obstacle is the way. Do you have any any routines that you that help keep you motivated and keep you moving forward? I'm curious, like, how do you structure your day as, as a freelancer? It's kind of difficult sometimes because you don't have a boss or a manager, uh, a benevolent one or not, helping you uh, structure your time and tell you what you need to do next. Uh, yeah, uh, because I'm freelancing, a lot of my weeks are very, very different. But uh, I like to I like to wake up early when I can. And, you know, and I'd like to, you know, I feel like I'm most creative for my podcast in the morning. So I try to wake up, you know, uh, 6 a.m., 6.30 a.m. and get right to work on my podcast, you know, what the next to-do list is and work on that for a couple hours. Uh, my whole thing is, you know, I'm going to every day I'm going to do something to build a podcast, even if it's 15 minutes. 15 minutes is my minimum. Um, so I, but I do that. If I can, 15 minutes. If I can, an hour, an hour and a half, fine, I'll do that. Um, then usually I'll, um, if there's, if I'm in a project, in a marketing consulting project, I'll get started with that around like 9 a.m., 9.30 a.m. If I don't have to be anywhere in specific. And I'll work through that. You know, if it's a, you know, six-hour day or sometimes an eight-hour day, I'll work that. Um, and always then prioritize. Uh, I like going to the gym. I think health is something that we don't appreciate as much as we should as freelancers, as people who are driven. So I always make sure to leave some time for the gym or working out or a quick run. Um, and I'll do that um, early afternoon and I can't, if I can. So maybe my, um, my lunch will be you know, quick 15 minute lunch and then I'll go and I'll work out for 30 minutes if I can or a quick run uh, and then get right back to work. Um, and then in the evening, if I can get back to my podcast, I'll do that for another hour, two hours or so. Um, and then try to get to bed right early, bright and early, and try to do it all over again. <laughs> you mentioned keeping a, a to-do list. Are you a to-do list kind of a guy? Oh, yeah. Uh, I wasn't. And and this is the thing. Uh, I was not an organized person, and I haven't been traditionally. But after trying everything else, after in my 20s, trying out, not being organized, not having a plan, you know, going off the cuff, uh, and everything else... And trying all that and have it not work like I wanted to, it kind of left me no option but to become organized and become a to-do list person kind of person. Uh, I have like 
Google is my, uh, that's like my tool. That's my hub. So on Google, I keep everything from interview transcripts. I have multiple spreadsheets that are my to-do list. So episode production, you know, and overall podcast uh, process. And I'll go through every day and I'll start there. You know, what is next on my episode? Episode three, you know, need to do the transcript. Okay, that's one. Check that off. You know, then I need to write my narration. Check that off. And then I go back to the podcasting process overall and say, okay, reach out to 10 new interview guests. Um, so I'm, multiple, I'm working off of multiple to-do lists at the same time. But if you don't have a to-do list, then you're, you're kind of flying uh, blind there. <laughs> And it gives you something to look back on too and say, oh, look at all of the stuff that I accomplished. Yeah, that that's I love that you mentioned that because that's something I just started learning recently. Yes, on those times when you are feeling like you haven't been productive or you're not where you want to be, you can always go back to that spreadsheet or that to-do list and see, but look, I've been putting in hours of work every day. I did this, I did that, and I did that. And and two months ago, I could only fit in one interview per day. Now I'm doing three in a day. So I have been getting better. And when you keep track of that, it's a lot uh, more inspirational to you and you see the growth there. I think that can be very motivational to a lot of people. The, um, so I'm curious how, how where you are right now compares to what your vision might have been a year ago for where you thought you might be. Um, where I am now, I... I am not too far off from where I want to be. Uh, things, some things are, are happening even sooner than I hoped for or I wanted to. And uh, then in, in overall, I figured I want at some point maybe start a second show, you know, maybe a solo show or maybe um, something about around fiction. Um, I thought maybe right now I would have been starting working on that second show, um, but I don't have the bandwidth right now for that. Something um, around fiction, you say. Are you a writer also? Uh, I, I dabble, but not a, not a writer that much. But I maybe something where I bring in storytellers to tell their story or, or maybe I read stories from other contributors. I don't know. Just something. I love like Welcome to Night Vale. I love that, that, that podcast. And I love, um, what else? Limetown, where uh, it's a fictional podcast, but it seems almost like it's a real serial type uh, thing. I love how those podcasts approach uh, audio journalism and, and storytelling and audio. So I'd love to somehow dabble in, in what they do. So I'm going to have to look those up. I'm not familiar with them, but uh, we'll definitely put links to those in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. Check them out. They're, they're, Night Vale is comedy, um, but it's like it's, it's sci-fi comedy, but it's really, really cool how they do it. And then Limetown is is. Again, it's based around sci-fi, but if you don't know that it's fiction, you feel like it's real actual reporting uh, and, and how they do it. It's, uh, it's very cool. So yeah, I, check those out. Check those out. I love how versatile the podcasting medium is. People are doing so many creative things that you just wouldn't expect. Yeah, man. And, and, and it's still uh, fresh and brand new and people will continue to do new things and, and you and I will contribute to that and we'll help push the envelope. And and people are taking notice, and that's the, the main thing. And I'm happy about it because I, I consume uber amounts of podcasts. <laughs> so I'm curious how you, uh, if, if you took uh, any training or if you have any coaching going into this. A lot of people like use a personal coach or a life coach as they, as they get started in something new. Did you do anything like that for your work? Uh, well, in life in general, I, I have, you know, 
coaches or mentors, you know. Um, so I always make myself to make sure to surround myself with uh, good mentors. I have a great mentor. His name is Apit Pali, and he's a writer and speaker himself. He has an, his own podcast, and he's someone just overall in in speaking and writing and content creation. He's giving me a lot of a lot of coaching, um, and that's uh, that's helped me out a lot. His his guidance is is key to to where I am right now. Uh, and then I'm, I'm part of great communities. You and I are part of great communities in, in podcasting on Facebook. Lewis Congdon is someone I spoke to early on, and, and he helped me get my goals together and get really clear on what I wanted to accomplish. So I'm hugely thankful to him. I also have a good friend called Benjamin Tyler. He has a great podcast called An Evolving Lifestyle. He gave me some great tips when starting to podcast. And that was about production and and how to manage your time and how to source these guests. He has some great tips for me. So uh, yeah, whatever you're looking to do, someone has always has already done it before or is doing something similar, reach out to them. Uh, coaching is great. Even paid coaching works as well. Um, but even a mentorship relationship is hugely beneficial. Um, I'm curious also about accountability groups. I know a lot of people uh, get involved in masterminds, and you and I are part of that community that you mentioned. Do you also have uh, a group of peers who you uh, you are accountable to on a regular basis? Yes, uh, I do have. Uh, it's not an official mastermind, but I do have two other persons that I I constantly we're kind of accountability buddies. We're like pen pals, accountability buddies, and every week, you know, or every other week we'll send each other like a status update. Like, hey, uh, this is these are the three goals I'm working on. This is what I did to get there. And and usually they'll be the main ones rooting for me and cheering for me. Like, hey, I saw your your status update on, on your sponsor. Great work, man. You, I already see you already got to that. You know, let's move on to the next one. Uh, and and being having accountability buddies is great. I would tell you uh, to start try in person if you can but if you can just find an, an email buddy someone in a facebook group or someone uh in another type of community organization that you want to be in uh, that just wants to share emails back and forth um that is uh also hugely beneficial so doing this have, have i'm curious if you've learned anything unexpected about yourself along the way uh it's all a learning process uh what i've what I've learned is about myself is that I have a lot more tools than I thought I did or that I gave my cre myself credit for. And I've only realized that through my accountability buddies and my friends that support me and the people who see what I'm doing. Uh, going into this process, I didn't, you know, I thought I was miles off. Uh, but now I see, you know, I, I have I have been building up some good tools. And I am a little bit better than I give myself credit for. And I would have never realized that without, you know, the people around me. Um, so I think that's it. I'll always try to evaluate yourself and get evaluation from others, get feedback from others, uh, which is not an easy thing to take. We don't give ourselves enough credit uh, sometimes. And, and we see the people doing things we want to do. Um, we don't realize that we've been internalizing a lot of that. And we might be closer than we think if we just start putting in some work. So, have you started getting any feedback from uh, from listeners and from your audience? And how how do you how do you collect that? And what's it been like? Uh, yeah, uh, a lot. I have been getting feedback from the audience. Uh, they definitely like what I'm doing. 
Um, and every now and then I will have a friend, you know, give me a suggestion like, hey, you know, I really loved how the episode started, but, you know, you kind of lost me here. You know, maybe next time you want to catch us back up and and give us more of a, a time frame of when things are happening on the show. So that's something I've started in, implementing now. I After every section of of my show, I try to go back and say, hey, this is what we've learned uh, now that we know this check out where we're going next and that that i got through listener feedback and i think it's it's been working very well for my show so uh it sounds like the the next steps for you uh might involve putting some things together into a book yeah that's uh a few steps down the line i want to continue to grow this podcast and i'm fully in love with the podcasting medium but as i start learning more things and i as i start speaking to more interesting people and, and great teachers like yourself and Seth Godin and Jessica Hagee and all these other guests that I've had on, on the podcast, I'm going to have enough material for a book and that will come out there and then I'll start speaking again and doing all these other cool things as well. Well, I hope you'll circle back with us when that when that comes out so that we can tell the listeners about that. For sure, David, you, you, you're there. You're, you're gonna, one of the first people I'm telling. <laughs> So uh, how can uh, how can our listeners find you online? Yes, uh, you can go to our website. It's witsaboutyou.com. And there you'll find all the info on me, on my talks, on the podcast, podcast guests, and on, and on our sponsor, FreshBooks. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on Hack the Process. This has been fascinating. And I know that people are going to learn a lot from what you had to say. David, this has been a great experience. I, I learned so much today just from, from speaking to you and from hearing you. So thank you very much, David. Are you glad you listened to this episode of Hack the Process? Then take an action now. Make a note about something you just heard and how it's going to help you as you hack your own process. And let me know about it. This has been M. David Green, your host for Hack the Process. You can tweet me at Hack the Process, leave a review for the show on iTunes, and visit HackTheProcess.com to check out the show notes for this episode and join our community of process hackers. Thanks for listening. <laughs>